And welcome back at Old School Movies, your one-stop shop for all your movie-related needs. Before we get into the panel, let's get into our contact info. Oldschoolmovies.net maybe is the website you can listen, download, and subscribe to the podcast if you want to get a hold of the show. Don't be shy. Oldschoolmovies at gmail.com. Maybe, I don't know. If you want, go back to all, all these older episodes. Mr. Old School is not here today. It is none other than... Justin Summers, heavy set. I don't know. It's wrestling cheers. I've been going by Justin Summers. Here, it's still more heavy set. It's it's whatever you want to call me at this point. But uh, I'm in control. Mr. Old School cannot be with us. He is traveling today. And f- fortunately or unfortunately, I've been able to step in. And yes, you'll be getting this show literally days after you got an episode we we recorded like a month ago. So I don't do these alone. So I'm also with... Killer Carpe Diem. Howdy ho, folks. Yeah, uh, Old School is doing a maritime adventure. Uh, he's hitting the eastern coasts of Canada. Is that, and is that wait, money's on, fun? he's probably proposing to his girlfriend. So. Really? Well, I mean, we keep bugging him about it, so it's probably going to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I I honestly told him he should propose at Kevbo's third wedding uh, in a few weeks from now. Third wedding? Uh, yeah, it's a long, complicated story, but it's this one's for friends and family. The other two were not available for friends and family. Oh, okay. I was thinking like, oh, this is his third wedding. Like, then we'll have his fourth wedding when he divorces this one. Okay. No, no. Well, I mean, I feel things. bad for her when she leaves him because then she's going to have to file for a divorce three times. But <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we're it's it's going to be us two. So I don't know how how this episode will. I mean, our summer movie preview I thought was pretty great, so that's just me, though. And we produce these episodes really quick. Well, I do. But. Correction, you, yeah, exactly. A <laughs> uh, matter of a couple of days, not like a month. Yeah. I don't. Does he, do you think he like just combs through these episodes like second by second and I, analyzes? I stuff? don't know. I mean, I'm I'm bad with all beer inside when it comes around because. I have to make sure we don't use our real names because some of the guys on the panel don't want their use real names used. And then, you know, it's just four people I can't control for six hours that I turn into three hours of audio. So, yeah, I mean, I mean we have that issue. I mean, to me, if I'm doing some sort of recording and I, I have to watch what what's being edited or something, I have like a notepad. And then when I when something happens, like I'll make a like a quick jot of like the time signature and what was like what I'm looking for when I go back and listen to it. But that, I mean, that's so I can get done with stuff quick, but I think m- most of the time I'm just a free shooter. Like, Hey, whatever said, whatever said, I'll know what needs to be edited out, but mostly it's just cleaning the audio up. And I don't, I don't do, we're not that bad. So I don't understand why he has to clunk, comb through audio unless it's someone. But I mean, well, I mean, it's not like it's uh, we're doing CFL Easy Picks here anymore. Where you can hear me typing in the background. So. All the podcasts we've been through, it's crazy. I was just thinking about that recently. Like CFL Easy Picks, uh, Rasslecast. This show's been on and off, on and off for such a long time. Yeah, plus you got your own. And like, all beer inside, I'm trying my best to interview brewers, but my my life is just insanely hectic right now, and I haven't had the time to do any of that. So, I mean, I'm not even counting like my stuff because I'm. Well, it's crazy. Like years ago, I used to be about doing like many episodes a week now i'm like one like i'm happy with doing one podcast a week and just be fine with that but years ago it's like oh yeah i want to do like three in a week and i want to sit down maybe sometimes and like edit all three in a row 
Yeah, I think that's why uh, things have changed for All Beer Inside, where we've broken the episodes into parts now. So it's a little, I find more listenable for our audience. So I'm still like a year behind. Oh. Well, because I think a lot of those episodes were like really long. Yeah, yeah. And they're not really long anymore, thankfully. And the I think what really kills a lot of the episodes is the whole, which is a big part of the episode, is the beginning when it's like the introductions and what are you drinking and let's try this beer and let's try that beer. I mean, I've been obviously been there alive for one of them, so I get it. But I think like when I've gone back and listened to some, I'm like, wow, like this is what really kills the time. Yeah, yeah. I guess we we're trying to do the Bruce Pritchard thing of having long ass episodes, but uh, now we kind of do them in parts where it's tasting and then articles. So, which is good. Uh, eventually, I'll, I'll I still at least have them downloaded. Just it's getting to catch up is a pain in the ass. And I was like unemployed for three months, and it didn't. There was like other shows that I was behind on, like shorter amount of being like behind. Like oh, I'm only behind three months, but maybe those were like weekly shows. Like, your guys' is monthly, and it's still like, fuck, I got all this shit to do, and now we're getting to football season, and uh, I'm going to have, like, more shows that I listen to weekly. Yeah, yeah, well, that's me. I mean, I listen to Puck Soup, and it's like, well, hockey season isn't back yet, so let's just keep waiting. All right, the main thing of conversation we want to talk about, um, what I'm surprised we haven't talked about it already, but it's just, you know, the gap between episodes is, and of course, Old School cannot be here. We don't have uh, Spider-Man anymore. Supposedly, even even since the news broke that you know the breakdown of uh, of negotiations between Sony and Marvel, supposedly the door has been quote shut for right now. So, how do you feel about this, Garp? Uh I honestly think it's a bad move on Sony's end. Uh, they're probably pissed off a lot of fans. Uh, that's the thing. Especially, I thought Tom Holland was doing a great job as Spider-Man. So. It's kind of shitty that he's out of that contract now, too. Um, could I'll, could they continue on Spider-Man with him? That's one thing I thought they were going to do. But now, like, as things have been, like, going forward, it seems to be the belief, like, oh, if they're going to go forward, they're going to just reboot Spider-Man again. Yeah, well, I think his contract was with Marvel and not Sony or some sort of hybrid contract, but Marvel had, or I should say Disney, had major control of it. So, you know, oh, uh, we're taking back Spider-Man. Okay, well, you're not getting our guy, so go screw yourself. I'm sure there was a lot of slap slap fighting too, so. Yeah, that stuff is just fucking crazy. Uh, I After everything happened, I know a friend of mine who's a huge Spider-Man fan, like I got kind of a debate with him on Facebook, he actually is the only person that I know that blames Disney. They're like, they don't have to be so greedy. And I'm like, it's a business. Like, I'm not like siding with Disney, but I kind of see where they're coming from. Hey, you created, you know, your five Spider-Man movies. Your first two were great. Third one kind of went downhill because everybody knew that was going to be the end. And then you created two more that bombed. I rem- it's one of those things that I remember seeing both of those movies, but I don't remember much about them. And that's bad. Uh, I can tell you both Amazing Spider-Mans were not great, um, especially as a, as a fan of the character and his, his uh, villain gallery, kind of like Batman has a massive villain gallery. Spider-Man's got one as well. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're finally doing the lizard properly. And it's like, well, the movie was bad. Oh, they're finally doing Elektra. Oh, he's like blue. And... It makes no sense, the Electro for the card. But 
yeah, the Amazing Spider-Mans were bad. Uh, potentially, there's rumors that they're going to do a, a, a live-action Spider-Verse, which, you know, you can actually bring in, like, old Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, and then just whoever they introduce as the newest one, possibly in a Venom Carnage crossover, who knows what's going to happen, so. Because I thought, like, watching Spider-Man and Venom, and then when the contract issue happened i thought the thing that we were going to see is that they were going to transition this new spider-man into more of a new york earth central universe kind of what we're we've been used to so it all made sense to me but actually going back to what i was saying too like you know they did those five movies and the two the last two were bad here comes disney creates two profitable movies for for sony and now they're kind of like hey you know we were you know, we were lenient, you know, on the, the first contract, you know, like helping you guys out. But you know what? Um, some of that success and money you're getting is because of us. So we want a cut of it. And then for some reason, Sony's like, ah, oh, no, like we, we don't need it. And that's kind of like where my friend stepped in because in his mind, which I mean, it's true. Uh, Spider-Man is the most popular MCU or not MCU Marvel character of all time. Like, I don't like him, but I'll even admit like he's up there. He's at least one or two. Maybe through the years, Wolverine's edged him out a little bit more. But I think, like, definitely all time, Spider-Man's probably number one. Oh, yeah, hands down. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give you that. And uh, the popularity of Wolverine was just, like, started in the 90s. So, you know, Spider-Man's been around since, I think, the 40s? Maybe 50s? So, like, he even had the cart like the cartoon that they did for... Uh, they threw the they did the throwback in the multiverse Spider-Man mm -hmm. where it was like the 60s Spider-Man where it's like, hey, you're the clone. No, you're the clone. So Spider-Man's been around for a very long time. But in, in his mind, like, oh, like, like Sony owns this most popular character. So D Disney needs to bow down to Sony. And I was like, no, no, no. Like as big as you think and say, Iron, I'm not uh, Spider-Man is. Disney is way bigger. Like Disney is a fucking juggernaut of of media and they're worth a lot of money and they're going to throw their weight around. So yeah, mm -hmm. they can actually do in my opinion without Spider-Man because they're going to be adding the Fantastic 4. They're going to be adding the X-Men. They potentially will throw in Deadpool somewhere, see how that works, but at the end of the day People will be mourning about this whole Spider-Man thing that's going to turn into. Oh, wait a minute! We have uh, we have our guy. We have our guys over here, so we're yeah. we're good. I mean, money talks. So if they make the next movie and fans don't go, what are they going to do? Like, oh, uh, we fought. Like, are they going to admit that they kind of fucked up? Or I don't think they will because they own the rights to the Spider-Man, and I forget who else they own the rights to. Um, I think it's pretty much all Spider-Man. So Mobius, the Living Vampire, obviously Venom. We're going to get. Car Carnage, ninety nine percent likely in the next movie. So, I just it this all basically happened because Marvel went bankrupt in the nineties and had to sell off the movie rights to their characters. So. Yeah, and you know since then they were able to rebuild their empire, and you know that's when Disney stepped in, and then they helped take over, and they took us, you know, from the first Avengers to now, and you know a lot of people say like all oh, the groundwork was done, but you know what they still helped take it even farther, and Marvel Studios is the the leader of superhero movies and they're the, they're the gold they've become the gold standard like when they first started when you know Iron Man and Hulk came out everybody was talking about Batman 
I, I was one of them. I mean, I'm a huge Batman fan, and the, you know the Nolan series is one of my favorites, and the the Dark Knight is on my top five list. So they can they start coming out with their movies, the MCU movies, and in between the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises is when Iron Man to Avengers come out. And actually, uh, Avengers came out the same summer as Dark Knight Rises, and they they really built themselves. In, in that amount of time. And that's when, like, the comic book world changed. And now we're, we're at to where we are now. And I don't know if Spider-Man's going to make it. Like, I, I want to say I looked up the, like, the top superhero grosses of all time. Just want to see, like, where they fit. Not necessarily where they fit on every single movie in the world. But let's just talk about in the realm of superhero movies. Disney owned, like, I want to say all but one in there, and it was Aquaman in the top 10, and one of them was, and also in the top 10 was The Incredibles, too. Yeah, I I mean, that's it. Like, look, Marvel's coming out with Disney Plus. Uh, well, Marvel's coming out with Disney Plus. Disney's coming out <laughs> with Disney Plus and having all the Marvel stuff. Um, I'm just surprised that Mar- uh, Disney was just like, how about we buy it back from you for whatever? But money talks sometimes, so maybe they're not willing to... Uh, bow down to the mighty Asian gods of Sony. Um, whatever it is, too. I mean, I want them to work together, and I think most fans are, like, looking down on Sony. Besides my one friend, who, at least at the time, was... I mean, he was mad at both of them, but, like, throwing the words that he had towards Disney, and I'm like, man, like, at the end of the day, Disney doesn't give a fuck. No. I mean, yeah, they want... Spider-Man so they can help create better movies, but in their back pocket of just Marvel characters, like, they're they're going to be good for a while. And if you don't want to play their game, their Disney bows down to fucking no one. Uh, I mean, at this point, if uh, they're going to bring Tom Holland back, it has to be his night monkey. So. <laughs> which, which I think was the joke that I heard. <laughs> like, oh, like, <laughs> next coming from Marvel, <laughs> night monkey. But yeah, there's that, and then there's uh, a meme with Rocket the Raccoon, and he's like, how about this? No, no, we want this. How much for all of it? <laughs> yeah. So so hopefully... Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's um, that's the issue with, with these guys owning movie rights, is I believe it's seven years. They're given seven years to do uh, the movie, or, or like use the intellectual property right within seven years, or else it goes back to the original owner. So... If the next Spider-Man is still shit and nobody goes to see it, they could just do another one in seven years. Oh, oh not even. I think what they're going to do is, like, even while everything was going on with Disney, they produced on their own, you know, Enter the Spider-Verse. And I think that that did critically well among fans, but, you know, financially, it did, it did not. I mean, I think it might have, you know, got a, uh, in the positives for them. But if you compare them, how other movies have ranked, like, I want to say it was below the top 10 like it was maybe around 15 if that i can't actually can't remember so don't even quote me on it but i remember it being way lower than i thought but i think it still made a profit but i think that could be the way that they go like oh let's do animated because hell one rule about animation is like you can do a lot more and spider-man really work seemed to work well in animation they uh, they made their money three hundred and seventy five point five million U S worldwide on a ninety million dollar budget. Okay, made money, but I think when I compared it to other ones, because th- I knew a three was standing out, but I couldn't remember what. So three hundred million, but I think like Venom was like six hundred million. Yeah, I know Venom did really well. Uh, that's why 
there's talks of having Spider-Man in the next Venom. Uh, they could easily, you know, finally make it happen where Spider-Man and Venom team up to take on Carnage like they did in the comic books all those years ago. So, and I think a lot of people were going to Venom because they were curious to see how it would kind of fit in the MCU, even though it wasn't officially a part of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Well, people had their hopes that Sony would have come to like a full time agreement with them. So, but at the same time, as I, I kind of thought Marvel doesn't want uh, doesn't want Venom, and I don't think they want this Venom on top of it. Like I, I way I looked at it when everything happened, I was like, Sony's like working on like this Venom character, and when they go to re up, they're gonna like if it does really well, they're gonna go, hey, like let's add Venom into the MCU too. But I think at the end of the day, like Marvel's like, yeah, we're good. Like we we got enough. We just want you know we want the big guy. We want Spider Man. But if you don't want to give him us, like okay, fine, we'll, we'll move on. Yeah, I mean it is what it is, and we're just gonna have to see what it what it is like ends up being in the end uh, to really judge kind of who was smartest in this. So yeah, I mean uh, nothing else much can be said. Uh, do I love the news? You know, not really. Like I'm not a huge fan of it, of Spider Man, but I felt like. He had a really good role in the MCU, and I always always loved seeing like where they were to fit him and all this kind of stuff. Like the story arc with him and you know Iron Man was great. You know that that created like a lot of you know great moments. You know just with Endgame and Infinity War. So now to, to take him out of the picture, it's it sucks, but uh, it is what it is. Yep, it's uh, shitty news for now. All right, let's move on to the movie reviews, and unlike you know normal, well we always. Go pretty much go see movies, but um, you know we host a show, so but we have we have seven movie reviews to go over, and uh, we only shared one um, between myself and Carp. So what the format we're going to do, and I'm letting Carp kind of do his own thing because that's kind of how how I do podcast. I'm I'm going to do a movie review. Carp's going to do two. Then we're going to both do a review for Good Boys. Carp will then do his last two, and then I will end with. My last movie, which is a recent movie that just came out. So I'm going to start with uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, unfortunately, I've never seen, or I should say, I've never read these books. But my my girlfriend, I think she said she did when she was younger, but it had been a while. She recently rebought them and is hoping to get, get a chance to, to read them. Um, the thing that I love about this this movie is it didn't feel like a regular horror movie. I don't know. There's there's just certain tropes and things with with mo- uh, horror movies since the the '80s where I'm just I'm, I'm kind of over it. And I want something that just feels haunting and just uh, feels like more supernatural than everything else. And you know, this is one of those movies. And to me, it was a throwback to some shows that I grew up watching, such as Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark. I don't know if it's a throwback to Tales from the Crypt or not, but uh, it just, it's just been a while since, I, since I've seen it, but it, it still has this, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but if, I think if you like horror movies, this is something to check out. It is, it's, it's fun for the whole family. There was, you know, a kid sitting like right next to me and there's kids in the theater too. So it's not overly scary. Um, Trade PG 13. I gave it four out of five. And like I said, it's. I think one thing that got it to me is just it felt like stuff that I used to watch on Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I used to watch on Goosebumps. So if you, if that sounds down your alley, I suggest you give it a try. So what are your next two reviews, Carp? 
I'm going to start with Lords of Chaos. It was a home release. Uh, it had a limited release in the States. It's the fucked up true story of the first ever black metal Norwegian band Mayhem. It's uh, it's crazy what happened in real life. And they did the same thing. It was almost like a biopic, but not at the same time. Uh, Rory, Mac- uh, Rory Culkin, so Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, he played the lead of Mayhem. Uh, his name was... Euronymous, and they got this lead singer. Lead singer was super depressed. This really happened in real life. He slit his wrists and blew his brains out at the same time. Uh, and then at that point, Euronymous actually took chunks of his skull and put them in their necklaces to give them to the other band members. Then they hired a new guy. This new guy snaps and actually murders Euronymous by stabbing him. I think it was twenty-seven times, um, and it, it's absolute insanity. Uh, this his name is Varg who killed the Euronymous character, and he was a Satanist. He was burning down churches. He was attacking. It was insane. Um, super good movie, though. Well acted. I could see some people's complaints because they were Americans uh, without accents. So they were just kind of normal actors, but they were playing Norwegians, which is a little weird. Solid movie, though. Uh, Rory Culkin does an amazing job. I give it a four to five. Now, Angel Has Fallen, uh, the finale, I'm guessing, in the Has Fallen series. Uh, it was fun. You know, popcorn flick, eat some popcorn, turn off your brain, watch the explosions and headshots. It was more of a Taken style or, you know, because he's getting blamed this time for all the bad stuff that happens. So, I don't know, like 2.5 out of 5. It's The other two were better. All right, let's uh, move on to Good Boys. I'll let you start. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I laughed quite a lot. Me and Phil actually laughed uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's entertaining, you know, tweens with crazy made up scenario of like, it's their first kiss and they got to do this and they have to try that. And it's like, let's look online to see how they kiss. And they're like, oh my God, ah, what's this? Oh, they're not even kissing on the mouth. What's going on? Uh, and then even when they're like crying and they're like, I hate you, but uh, like just laughing at that because it's hilarious. Um, you know. It's the guys who brought you super bad, except they're tweens instead of teenagers. I gave you a 3.5 out of 5. I really, really, really like this movie. And it's basically what we thought going in of being this, like, pre-teen super bad. And um, just, like, a lot of, like, you know, kind of, like, awkwardness from, from these three kids. And everything, like, a lot of the stuff you see in the trailers. A very, very fun movie. But there's a part of the movie that they don't don't really show you and I'm not, to me it's not really a huge spoiler but they 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 touch on the issue that like you know sometimes you know kids that you were friends with when when you are like in elementary school or you know you know around that kind of age level you might not be friends with later on because you you get different interests and you you kind of like move you kind of like a no, just go in different directions. Get newer friends that are more down your alley, and that's something they touch on. Not not necessarily huge spoiler, but I think that is like something about childhood that I don't think many movies touch on. And the fact that somebody did, I was like, wow, that that's so true. Because I know I had, you know, I had a friend growing up. We're still friends to this day, not as close as we used to be, but you know, we he lived on the road from me. Uh, a lot of, you know, kind of like mutual friends, you know, uh, even like adult friends of like people my uh, family was friends with, my parents. And 
we got to a certain point where like he was getting like four wheelers and, and and all this kind of stuff and i i really wasn't and i kind of like had maybe more of like wrestling and icp and then like i started to like get friends that way and like we just grew apart and it's just so so true i i gave it a four out of five so what are your next two my next two would be the horror comedy Ready or Not, which was a big hit here at Fantasia. I, however, caught it during the uh, mass release. Uh, super, super entertaining. It's it shows like, hey, we're rich and but our family made a deal with the devil. But did they make a deal with the devil? I don't know. We better sacrifice uh, this guy's brand new wife just in case. And how they're like, there's the coked up family member. There's this fucked up family member. There's that fucked up family member. They're like failing miserably at trying to kill this like young girl just to appease Satan. So uh, <laughs> some of the deaths were a little over the top. Uh, the final, I guess, scene is ridiculous. Um, the aunt, whoever they casted and the makeup they gave her was the perfect creepy aunt. Uh, all in all, I enjoyed it. So I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. And then my final movie was The Peanut Butter Falcon. This is uh, the story of a Down syndrome kid or young adults who escapes from a nursing home because he wants to be a professional wrestler because he used to watch a VHS tape of this wrestler called the saltwater redneck played by Thomas Hayden church. Um, he escapes. He meets up with Shia LaBeouf who's got his own kind of shit going on, but Shia LaBeouf doesn't treat him as a down syndrome kid. He treats him as a normal kid who has to learn stuff. Eventually they meet up with his caretaker uh, played by Dakota Johnson. She also does a really great job. Shia LaBeouf, I got to say, he did an amazing job in this. I was very, very impressed with his acting. Uh, overall, storyline was great for pro wrestling fans. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to mention who, but a couple of old school guys are going to be like, yeah, oh, sweet, these old school wrestler guys. And they have their moments and they play like, you know, the, the former heel back in the day who's retired, who has the backyard wrestle now, just being a dick and beating up the Down Syndrome guy. It's... You know, I to me, it takes things from from real life at the same time. Uh, really good movie. The All three main actors did a great job. Four point five to five for me. And then for me, uh, I've seen a movie, a little kind of like independent, you know, movie that came out. Not a lot of buzz behind it, but called It Chapter Two. And actually, before we we get into that, let's talk about, you know, the box office. It's nothing we hit. Most of the time now, mainly because of when we record, but which is it <laughs> from when we record to when it gets released. But number one, obviously, it's chapter two. Um, spoiler alert, there will be no sequel. If, as long as there's not another book out there, then we'll be fine. Um, yeah, fucking 91,000. What do you, is that kind of what you expected? Now you mean 91 million? 91 million. Why did I say 91,000? Ooh, 91,000 would be horrible. <laughs> Fuck, that made no money. What the hell? Uh, now, yeah, no, I'm not surprised. I know the, the original uh, release, It Chapter 1, did really good. So I'm not surprised It Chapter 2 did slightly better at all. So And like still, and you're, you know, this is, uh, we haven't done a top 10 in forever, but you know, at number two, Angel Has Fallen. Number three, Good Boys. Number four, The Lion King. Number five, Overcomer. What the fuck is Overcomer? I don't know. Um, uh, it looks like it's something about Jeebus. Oh, okay. Number six, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. Number seven, Peanut Butter Falcon. Number eight, Scary 
Stories to Tell in the Dark, number nine. Ready or Not, number ten. <laughs> Dora in the Lost City of Gold. So out of the top ten, we've been able to give you nine of those reviews. No, uh, eight of those reviews. Either on this episode or previous episodes. Yeah, I mean, neither of us would have seen Overcomer because we never even heard of it. No. Uh, and Dora's not in my bag, so. Yeah, not in my bag either, and I don't have children. I don't have tr- uh, nep- nieces and nephews that that age that I would take to this movie. But yeah, that's kind of kind of where we stand with that. Before I get into it, and I hope this is something they, they release, and I was telling Cart before we were recording, so I'm just going to repeat the conversation, is that I seen one of the greatest trailers of all time, and it was theatrical. The thing that we kind of complain about uh, from time to time, besides people talking, which, side note, not many people talking in this theater. I think there were a little bit here and there, but to the point where I'm just like, shut the fuck up. Like, there was none. Yeah, myself, uh, Phil, and our friend Watson, uh, five minutes into Angel Has Fallen, a group of young African-American males sit behind us and just don't shut up, and all three of us turn around, shut the fuck up. And surprisingly, they did. When we went to go see Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, there were these, after like after the movie was done, like I could see their age. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. But they're kind of like teenage girls. I mean, literally, like, they might have been not even to the drive, like, be able to drive age yet. This was still in the middle of, like, the end of summer. And you know, maybe, you know, they're having fun and everything, but they were kind of like, like giggling the whole time. Like, hee 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 Like, they're definitely like talking to each other about certain things. And I'm like, Okay, I get it, you're teenage girls or whatever, but like, shut the fuck up! Still annoying! And I wanna say, cause it, like, they left really quick, you know, there were some like post credit scenes too, um, but they left, and by the time like we waited for everything, and I went to go to the restroom, like they were still there, so I'm thinking they were at that age, like, yeah, we have to call mom and get a ride home, so they were at least that young, and I'm like, that. Parents teach your kids not to do that, and fucking kids don't fucking do that. Shut up. But anyway, uh, going back to, like, we always talk about how we've really gotten out of the age of, you know, you go into a movie theater and you see a trailer for the first time. Like, now I have more memories uh, in in recent years of a trailer getting released online and, you know, get shared all over social media and everybody's talking about it and you're watching it on YouTube. And... No more is that you go to a movie theater, you get there early for the previews, which is, you know, a lot of people's favorite part, and then you watch trailers for the first time. Now, a lot of times, there's trailers that I see that it's, like, the first time I'm ever seeing them, like, in a movie of, like, I've never really heard of. So, like, that that kind of marketing is is going to help. But there's, like, bigger movies, and there's this one mov- movie trailer that I've seen, and I think it's one of the greatest theatrical trailers of all time. And it's it was the last one that played. And, like, it, it seemed like we were going into It Chapter 2. You know, the Warner Brothers logo appears, and you hear the... Like, the It, like, theme, basically. And the balloons start to... The red balloons go start to go from left to right to the screen. And then you see the shadow, and, like, it looks like Pennywise. And Pennywise is, like, walking, but the, all these balloons are keep, keep passing by, and... Pennywise gets closer and pops the balloons. And it turns out it's not Pennywise. It's fucking Harley Quinn. And she talks, actually, she made up some sort of like joke about like not liking clowns anyway. So that leads into a Birds of Prey trailer. And to me, like that got me excited. Like, fuck 
you know, Suicide Squad and all that shit. But, oh my God, that was so awesome. And the fact that I didn't know that it leaked, or if it did leak, it wasn't something posted everywhere. And it fit where you can't play that trailer in front of a different movie next week. Like, that was made for it. And one thing that, like, caught me off guard is when all this stuff's happening at the beginning. Like, you see the Warner Brothers logo. Then I saw the DC Comics logo, and I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's, let's, let's go to a chapter two. This is going to be awesome. But no, they, they fooled me, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised. So getting into it chapter two, there's not really a lot of big spoilers, because I think if you've seen the original you know, miniseries, you got a premise of what's going to happen. They do change stuff a lot for, for this movie, but at the end of the day, Pennywise is dying. That's it. There's no sequel. And I want to say, and I've kind of like mentioned this to Amanda a lot, I want a movie with Bill Hader and Finn Wolfhard together where they can interact with each other. Like, yes, they did this movie together, but I was even watching some interviews where, like, they were talking to each other and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, fuck, these two are good. I love, love Bill Hader. I love Finn Wolfhard putting them in a movie together where they can interact, because technically this is a movie together, but that would be so fucking awesome. Um... The thing that I'm going to note, too, about this movie is comparing it to the original, the actual miniseries, you actually build emotional connections with these characters a lot better than you did in in that miniseries because, like, everything was thrown at you really quick. Instead, it's been two years since Chapter 1's come out, and you spent a whole movie, like, learning about these characters, like, like properly before introducing their adult self. So, spoiler alert... If you haven't seen the uh, the miniseries, like when Stanley dies at the beginning, you kind of feel for it because you witnessed this whole movie where they're all friends together. So they feel the loss and you feel the loss, too. And there's other like things that happen that because they did the movie two years ago that you actually feel the emotion for. And I think that's what helped make it better. I, I look back at my It Chapter 1 review and I gave it a 5 out of 5. Unfortunately, I'm not giving this a 5 out of 5. I think it was one of those movies that, like, the three-hour mark was really, like, pressing towards the end. Where I'm like, this is, this is getting long, and it wasn't fitted together as nicely as Endgame, where I felt like Endgame had three parts of the movie, or three acts, to where, like, this was Act 1, beginning to end, this is awesome. And then, like, you get excited because Act 2 was different, Act 3 was different. It's not the same thing with It Chapter 2, but still, I gave it a 4 out of 5 which is kind of my normal, which means I enjoyed it. I don't have many criticisms on it, but looking at what I gave, I had to give it somewhat a little bit less than the first one, so four out of five is what it is for me. Um, And you, unfortunately, haven't seen it yet. Uh, No, I was going to today. However, um, I was mildly hungover from a bachelor party the other night. I think you should have toughed it out for the show. That's 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 an old-school way to be. I think I would have fallen asleep during the movie. That's what I was afraid of. <laughs> so, you know, dark, mid-afternoon, nap time usually. Like, if usually, you know, that first football game, it's not as interesting for me. I used to take a nap during it, so that probably would have happened. Uh, I will be catching it, though. I have uh, I have a long weekend coming up for myself. I've taken a little bit of time off work because I'm given vacation, and I decided to take some. So, All right, let's... Uh... Let's go into movies coming out. We'll do oh, 
over the next two months because granted we're going to be recording at the beginning of october but what you're going to hear it is up in the air yep sounds good so let's look at what's coming up soon let's start with... so far this upcoming weekend i see one oscar bait movie which, uh, which one's that oh is it hustlers goldfinch oh goldfinch, the goldfinch. Yeah, yeah yeah uh hustlers i know is a big one uh jennifer lopez julia styles Constant Wu. Uh, Cardi B is, is, is also in yeah. it. Um, this is going to be a day for me. Yeah, I'm highly doubtful. How about the goldfinch? Uh, it just doesn't appeal to me. I know they're supposed to be about, you know, terrorism and post-traumatic stress uh, and, you know, uh, theft and all this. Other, but, uh, I don't know. I saw the trailer like two, three times and I'm like, it has no appeal to me. So. All right. It's, it's, uh, September 20th. Ad Asteria. Yeah, your name. Ad Astra. Ad Astra. Brad Warner. Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Yeah, it looks kind of weird. Um, Brad Pitt in space. Sure, why not? That's an A for me. Like, it seems kind of cool, but like not as cool. And how many fucking movies is Liv Tyler going to be that has to do with going into space? Well, I mean, as long as you hear, I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it looks kind of cool. It looks, you know, like they've coloni- uh, colonized the moon. And it looks kind of weird and stuff, so I want to I want to see it. But what I'm definitely seeing, probably the last of the Stallone series of Rambo: Last Blood, I was about where to he's mention. taking on the Mexicans. <laughs> I was about to mention uh, Rambo: Last Blood, so this is a yay for you. Oh yeah, it's. A I yay. always enjoy. I always enjoy violence, and then don't proceed to actually uh, let it affect my life and do stuff because I watch violent movies and play violent video games. So. Yeah, it's a nay for me. Never really got into the Rambo movies. I don't think I've even seen one. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I think we can. We're both going to be a nay to uh, Downton Abbey. Uh, you are correct, sir. I never. I've always heard it's great, and I'm like, nah. British people, British arist- aristocrats. Who cares? I have yet to see the trailer for it, but on September 27th we have Judy, which is a Judy Garland movie. This. This is like a halfway yay for me, but I think this will be home market. I don't know if it is a wide release, but I like a lot of the the music biopics, and I really kind of like Judy Garland, but I don't know whether I'm going to be running out to see this. And I'm guessing you're going to be an A. Oh, yeah, I'm an A. I just, I don't know. I, I don't see Zellweger playing her properly anyways, but I couldn't see myself seeing this. I mean, unless it's a date, so that probably be the only way. Uh, the other one, well, there was one that was supposed to come out this weekend that got pulled by Blumhouse because apparently uh, giving people death threats for their movie now is, is kind of acceptable. Uh, the Hunt, I wanted to really see. But Blumhouse is like, yeah, we don't want to get murdered and too many people are being murdered in America. So we're going to pull the movie. October, that made me sad. <laughs> October 1st, Doom Annihilation. I, I don't even think I've seen the trailer for this yet, but I'm... I didn't even know it was finished. Well, it ha- well right now the release date is uh, October first, but I figure wouldn't wouldn't this be a much bigger deal? But yeah, no, it, it must be getting pushed back or something. There's no way. Well, June twenty twenty. Okay, that's twenty twenty. Well, then IMDb uh, fix your shit. Uh, we'll jump to October fourth, which makes a little bit more sense. Uh, Joker. How are you feeling about this movie? Uh, I'm intrigued. Uh, it's uh, done really. I mean, it won the Leon d'Or at the Venice Film Festival. So I, I was going to see it anyways. Now that it's getting all this critical acclaim and they're talking about Oscars, I really want to see it. So. 
Yeah, this that's a yay for me. There's a lot going into this. I think this is the next movie that I'm I'm really excited for. Not as as high as like it chapter two, because I think on that level is going to be beautiful day in the neighborhood. Really looking forward to that, and especially American Thanksgiving weekend. Not to be confused with any other country. Um, I don't know. You you just it's fine. You know. We just do ours a little earlier because we have to harvest a little earlier since we get like winters and stuff. So. <laughs> uh, also, like we're coming out on October 4th, Memory of the Origin of Alien. I don't have that's weird. I don't have that as listed on my Montreal list. Memory? What is another I, IMDb fuck up? Yeah. The Origins of Alien. Yeah. Uh, October 4th, 2019, USA. Maybe we're not getting it here. Uh, the Untold Story Behind, or at least I would see this. I'm a big mark for the uh, the original Aliens, not the shitty remakes they've been trying to do. No, I shouldn't say remakes, but what they've been doing with it. Uh, one and two were honestly the best Alien horror movies I've ever seen. So I would most likely see this because I've heard he had a lot of like dark and fucked up thoughts while making the movie. And he used a lot of uh, dark art from H.R. Uh, Geiger and Dan O'Bannon. So it's real tempting to see this if I were to get it. If I don't get it in a cinema, then 100% home release, I will see this. The funny thing is, it's labeled under October 4th. It's the last one, and that's under IMDb's, like, coming soon. But then once I, I click on it and I go to, to go to it, it says, release date, Wednesday, October 16th. <sighs> anyway, we'll, Makes no sense. we'll move on. October 11th, I think, uh, well, there's two somewhat big releases, but I think one's going to bomb... The other one's going to do good just because of the format, but a Gemini Man. That's a Will Smith movie. Um, kind of a nay. Um, maybe eventually if I have time on Netflix, if it ever gets there. And then the one that I think is going to do good just because of the kind of movie it is. It's The Addams Family, which is a, a CGI animated movie, rated PG. Um, this is this is actually yay for me because we were we were talking about it. Uh, right before it, because there wasn't a preview that we seen, but they did kind of this like commercial with the Adams family for Cinemark, and we were, we were kind of like this. That would be a movie that we would go see. And it's it's a Halloween feel. It's a it's a classic characters and you know franchise. I mean, granted, they they had those movies, but you know, going back to the TV series, like that whole part of the franchise, like I could I could put this on my list. I think this will be a yay for me. I'm probably home market. Uh, the voice cast is spectacular. However, Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Chloe Grace Moretz, Finn Wolfhard, your man, Nick mm-hmm. Kroll, Bette Midler, Allison Janney, and more. It's that's crazy. Finn Wolfhard, one of the the best teenage actors of right now, and Chloe Grace Moretz, who was one of the best female actresses of at one point. I thought she was going to be a way bigger star than she was. But I don't know. She kind of fell off, like not necessarily a uh, child star fall off, but like it just wasn't as big as it could have been. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Uh, October fifteenth, kind of a wide release. Like, ooh, I kind of want to go see this. I gotta check my schedule if I can go see it. Jay and Silent Bob reboot. If I get a chance, this is a yay for me. It's not listed on my local cinema. What the hell? I don't know. I'm <sighs> using I'm using IMDb. What's the October 5th. I, I mean, I would see this, so it's not listed on. I'm looking on Cinema Montreal, so stuff I know I'm going to get, uh, and it's not listed yet. So, 
Um, October 18th, there's a couple here. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. This is going to be a nay for me. Yeah, I haven't seen the first yet. I'm going to see this one. It looks it looks okay, but I've never seen the original, and I'm just, I don't know. But the, the movie that comes out the same week as it, and this is going to be a yay for me, because I have seen the first one, Zombieland Double Tap. Oh, yeah, I'm with House Present. I've, I love the first Zombieland. I usually watch it, like, every other year if it's on a random channel. If I'm channel flipping, it's like, oh, Zombieland, I start watching it. So. And then uh, the 25th. The top movie, I see nothing. The top movie they have ranked, which normally is the bigger release, is The Current War, and then The Last Full Measure, and then The Kill Team, and I don't know any of them. Yeah, let me... Uh, Adam's Family, Paris, and uh, Jojo Rabbit? Jojo Rabbit, a young boy in Hitler's army, finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. Jojo uh, Rabbit for me ta- is October Take a Waititi, Sam Rockwell, what? Okay. Uh, October 25th, right? Yep. I see black and blue. Nope, not on mine. Uh, this is on IMDb. You said the last full measure, right? Yes. Okay, I see that. And then the Aeronauts. I do not have that. Uh, that would be the Ar- Argonauts. I see Aeronauts. I was joking. Okay. The Argos. The Argonauts. Yeah, yeah. And they surprisingly uh, fucking scored a shit ton of points on Saturday. Uh, I guess we could end it there on the 25th. Oh, we'll go one date further just because I think it, it, uh, okay. it is a bigger one. Yeah, uh, well, I'll go with that. Terminator, Dark Fate. I want to sit down and rewatch at least the original because this is the thing that kind of annoys me. It has suffered from the X-Men movies and uh, even now Halloween where it's like, oh, we're going to we have like a new timeline. Like take these certain movies and throw them out. So – one and two. Yeah, that retconning everything. Yeah. Like one and two count, and I don't know where we are in three. Genesis is out the fucking door. And uh, there's another one, and I don't know if that's in it or not, but I like where we're going. I know I have a friend who's kind of sexist who's going to bitch about it uh, because, oh, we got to make a female main character. I'm like, well, if you made another male main character, guess what? You've already seen that fucking movie twice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to see this. Uh, I'm really interested at Linda Hamilton returning to the series. So, And we'll actually go forward one more week, only because it's like a Halloween movie, but it's going to be coming out in November. We have Doctor Sleep, which is the sequel, and I didn't even know that there was one, obviously because I'm not a huge fan, uh, is the sequel to The Shining, and it's actually a book. It's not like, oh, we're going to create a sequel for The Shining. Like, no, this is the Stephen King sequel, Doctor Sleep. And I don't think I've ever seen The Shining all the way through. Like, I think I've seen bits and pieces, but I think it's one of those movies that even if you've never seen it, you've at least seen references because it's highly references in a lot of different different media, one way or another. I mean, fuck, Ready Player One had a big part of the movie about The Shining, and they explain it to you. Like, I know part, most of the movie, or at least part of it. Yeah, I saw The Shining a very long time ago. Um the miniseries I actually thought was better uh, when that came out with uh, Stephen Webster uh, Weber. So if you're going to see one or the other, I'd suggest the uh, the miniseries from TV. It's, it was actually better than The Shining. The Shining is just long, drawn out. Uh, it's it's a typical um, what's his name? Uh, not Polanski. Fuck Cronenberg. Nope. <laughs> I'm not remembering the name of the, <laughs> the director right now. I don't know. Oh, damn it, I had... I'm... The guy who did 2001, A Space Odyssey, and all that stuff. Michael, uh, Mike Flanagan? 
No, no, no. That was, I think, the... Oh, you're talking about Shining. I'm thinking uh, I'm doing Dr. Sleep. Yeah, K- Kubrick. Yeah, Fuck. Kubrick, yeah. God damn. I was about to say, too, because uh, I n- know more about him because of uh, Epic Rap Battles of History. Where the Kubrick? Dude, yeah, the dude, yeah, the dude, the director yeah. battle, which is great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dr. Sleep, I'm probably going to go see it. I, I The trailer's kind of sold me on it so far, so... Yeah, it's a yay for me, too. All right, uh, uh, that will do it for us here on Wrestling Show. Oh, no, no, let's go to the movies. Any uh, final thoughts or last-minute plugs before we go, Carp? Uh, as always, uh, All Beer Inside is becoming a little more regular now because we're splitting up episodes, we're doing bonuses and stuff. We're on a kind of weekly to semi-weekly basis when I actually get my ass in gear for editing. Uh, so check out allbeerinside.com, or you can always find us on the brand-new trendingtopicsnetwork.com. Uh, as well for myself at Killer Carp DM, if you want to follow my beer ventures uh, and my almost weekly, except this week, I go to, I've go i been going to a new brewery, uh, and I'm actually going to try and maybe do something with YouTube on a basis for just my brewery adventures. Uh, everybody's on YouTube. I might as well be too. Uh, and as well, StableWars.com. We're always looking for new, mem- new members, and for the big pay-per-views, we have prizes. The old school always says, you know, hashtag OSATM, but we haven't had a hashtag OSATM since... April 20th, but then again, if this show was regular, people knew to count on these episodes, they would know when their responses uh, to their tweets would be had. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of poking fun at old school, but that's, that's what we do. Uh, for me, you can find myself at HeavySet330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I almost went into the, the Wrestling Cheers spiel, which would be you can find Wrestling Cheers also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers please rate review and subscribe that show on anywhere you're listening to your podcast whether it be apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher tune in youtube spotify iHeartRadio, or podbean wrestling cheers i don't even have my notes in front of me and that's uh everything that i have but the uh, wrestling cheers has been going strong like everything the last time since we did a show i i got a job and quit Within, a few, <laughs> within fucking three weeks. Uh, and I actually, as of this recording, um, I'm starting a new job. I got an orientation this week. Luckily, it's like a local orientation. And it's going to take over a couple of days. I was supposed to go to like Chicago and go like right on the border of uh, uh, Illinois and Wisconsin. But I'm going to be back to being local. And there was like one week of wrestling cheers that had shitty ass audio because I was using my old Logitech headset. So didn't invest any money into uh, – newer equipment for the road because I kind of had a feeling this was what was going to happen and I'm still here this week on wrestling cheers. I have to edit it up, but I did an interview with wrestler known as Danhausen. His wife is actually from Montreal and she is a burlesque dancer. Uh, fun interview. We talk a little bit about Canada and all that kind of stuff. And actually after the interview and after the show that he was on, he drove straight from Ohio to Montreal. Yeah, it's a bit of a draft. Um, I'd also like to shout out to Bianca Andrescu for winning a Canadian, winning the U.S. Open and apologizing for taking a title from America. Oh, is that a thing where we were? I was on more of a, you know, football now. So, yeah, no. Uh, so we've we've won your NBA championship and we've won your U.S. Open and we'll give them both back if you give us our fucking Stanley Cup back. <laughs> When's the last time you won a Stanley Cup? Uh, Montreal in 1993 was the last Canadian team that won a Stanley Cup. Oh, that's bad. That's, that's yeah. bad. I mean, 90% of the players who win are Canadian anyways. It's just they go play in America because there's more money to be made and a lot less taxes. Yep. So uh, this has been Old School at the Movies, and thank you very much for listening.
Bye bye. From Guy Ritchie, the director of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, and Midge Got Whipped in the Bitsies. Okay, I made that one up. Comes another magical Disney fantasy that dares to ask, what if poor people had upward mobility? Aladdin, but with people this time. You've heard all the complaints about live-action Disney remakes, their soulless recreations, bland corporate storytelling, and cynical risk-averse cash grabs. Well, yeah, we should all know the deal by now. But as far as soulless cash grabs go, this one is clumsily entertaining enough to remind you how fun Aladdin is. It's clumsy, but in a charming sort of a way. Or at least, make you feel like you're watching Disneyland's Agrabah sing-along stunt show. Whee! Can we go to the Galaxy's Edge next? I want to assemble my own jizz flute. Welcome to Agrabah, a vaguely Middle Eastern soundstage made of parkour courses. Parkour! 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 Thrill add minor new additions to the famous story, like a handmaid the genie would like to friend, Jasmine's new psychic time freezing powers, and uh, typical Disney Force diversity. They say that in Scotland. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> but don't worry, grown-up fans. There aren't too many changes to your precious cartoon. In fact, all the characters are still two-dimensional, with a cast of unknowns who, aside from Jasmine, will definitely stay that way, featuring an Aladdin who didn't even send his nipples off, a Jafar who went from over-the-top snake wizard to CBD-infused snake oil salesman, <laughs> and a Jasmine who doesn't need some man to do everything for because she already had a perfectly good woman for that. I'll draw the bath. Huh, maybe she should be sold instead. At least she probably knows that bread costs money. Take some bread. Hey, she's stealing the bread. Stealing? No, I don't have any money. Bored? You will be until Will Smith's genie does his best to woo it up a notch. Woo! And don't let that teaser fool you. He's slightly less horrifying in the finished product. Watch Disney try to recapture that Robin Williams magic by casting another fast-talking 90s superstar. As Big Willie throws jokes, dancing, and auto-tune at you to another Arabian night. Until you use your final wish to just make him go chill out on a boat already. I think it's time that I told you the story. Huh, does that mean this whole movie is just some BS Will made up to get discount Jaden and Willow to stop complaining? Respect. So gather the family for a time-tested tale about lying your way into power. That would have been more interesting if it were about Jasmine. Jafar's rise to prominence. Whatever unholy union of man and beast that gave birth to Iago. Who's a clever boy? Or the French guy who either wrote or stole the story of Aladdin and snuck it into his translation of A Thousand and One Arabian Nights. But as far as a copy-pasted version of Aladdin with no Robin Williams goes, it's about as good as that could be. And apparently that's worth something. Like a billion somethings. The end. Starring Robin Williams. I love lamp. DJ Jazzy Men. Cobra! I Dream of Jiggy. And animals playing the drums renaissance. The Disney Vault. They're just not sending Arendelle's best, all right, people? A Rug's Life. And parrots just don't understand. Lamp, Tramp, and Three Smoking Wishes. You can just make the law disappear? <laughs>
Please, like it never existed. Does that apply to laws and monopolies? Asking for a friend.